Fuck yeah, Sean Patton. Yeah, that was sick. Yeah, it was. It was good, man. It's, it's, it's interesting to find out um, what comedians grew up listening to. Yeah, you know, just a, people in general. But he was a hardcore hip hop head. Though, oh you know? yeah, 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 yeah. I wasn't expecting that. No, yeah, I I thought there was gonna be some rock in there. There was. I mean, Tool. Tool's awesome. Tool's amazing. But like more so. Yeah, no, it was definitely more hip hop, which was cool because that one with the top five. I guess that's what we're gonna do now. If, if it if it's too much hip hop, then your top three Musical. bands or whatever influences or you know. Yeah, I forgot to ask him. It probably would have been a, a good answer. Um, the what did you used to listen to music on? Well, I guess he used to probably listen to it in that fucking old Camino. What the fuck was he driving? Lincoln fucking town car, <laughs> Oldsmobile, like some yeah, some Oldsmobile type shit. You yeah, ever notice the, um, only old people the, uh, records? Yeah, you notice only old people drive Oldsmobiles. Yeah, isn't that a little bit? That's it's ironic. ironic. <laughs> but uh, now we're recording. Fuck! I fucked it all up. <laughs> Here we go. Go. <laughs> I got the audio of that, so we're going to keep the audio. But right now, yo, you're tuned into um, the motherfucking rapper and the DJ. I am the DJ, DJ Lack of Sleep. I am the motherfucking rapper, the Red Bear. And I almost butchered this shit. We got a fucking phenomenal guest for you today, Sean Patton. Damn, thank you. I'm the guest. I feel like, I feel like I'm, I'm Raekwon guest on that one Outcast track from uh, Quemini. Quemini, yeah. What's the fuck? What's it called? Um, was, no, that wasn't school place. Scoot school, on the Barbie. School. Yes, that was Scoot right? on the Barbie. Scoot on yeah. the Barbie. I'm ashamed that I didn't know that. Right? No, so it's all what good. Were the, what were the three things you had to say? Oh, three things I had to say was a. Uh, thank you very much for having me. It's an honor. Uh, thank you for being on. You're yeah, thank you, man. Comedians. Well, then B. The second thing I had to say was you're welcome for. <laughs> <laughs> no, but three. The only reason I contacted you guys before this to find out how long it would be just because sometimes you do pods where you're up there for like, you're chatting for like 40 minutes and they're like, all right, we're going to start recording now. And you're like, now? The oh. fuck do you mean now? We've been, we've been chewing the fat. <laughs> like, yeah, we're not going to be able to recreate some of those genuine. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. And we, we were definitely headed down that before I noticed that we were not recording. I'm glad you caught that. Yeah, I was like, it doesn't say it in the top screen. No, I butchered a a podcast. Well, I mean, we got the audio, but a previous podcast I used to be on, we had uh, Maria Dakotis, and we didn't get the video. So, oh. yeah. But I'm done with that podcast anyway, so who gives a fuck? Yeah. Was, <laughs> on to bigger and better things. Yeah, yeah you, I'll did get, that, you did that on purpose. It was a subconscious I, I, thing. I know, right? I'll get her on yeah. this one. I'll get on this one. We did a show together. So we like started booking everyone from that show because I feel like that show is going to be like one of these crazy shows that we talk about years later. Like what? You had fucking Red Baron, DJ Lack of Sleep, Rich Voss, Maria Dakotas, fucking Brendan Sagalo. Who else? Bonnie McFarlane. Bonnie McFarlane. Like all on the same show. Mike Feeney. Mm -hmm. And a bunch of others. I'm surprised you weren't there. I'm surprised you weren't there. Um, Rich Voss is too intimidated by my presence. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, uh, no, I don't know. I, I, that's a great, I love all those people. Uh, yeah. I, I have often for years thought the merging between comedy and 
hip hop should have happened. It should have happened a decade ago, a two, decade. day, two decades ago. Should have happened. Plural. Should have happened before it was even like it started. You know, like like prior. Right. Which right. very yeah, exactly. Like it should have been yeah. Like Richard Pryor should have been the first actual MC because he was making jokes. Oh yeah. And then, he, and then he passed the mic and someone actually rhymed and they were like, oh fuck, look at that. It's two forms of self-expression that are similar yet different, but should be side by side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That fucking who, who would have thought? I mean, dude, Crazy. like two, like maybe a month and a half ago, I was hanging out, whatever. This, I'm about to fucking just name drop psycho level right Go now. Go ahead. You can do it now. You're at that level. All right, I was in I was in Yellow Springs, Ohio, hanging out at Dave Chappelle's compound. Oh shit! Right? And I was him, Dave Chappelle, and Talib Kweli are not only close friends, but are yeah. doing a podcast together. Oh and wow. wait, what? Like, oh, he was yeah, on, he was on Talib's podcast. No, no, they're starting their own. Oh shit! Damn. Fuck yeah! Yeah, yeah. We're gonna have to but settle like, for second place now, Baron. <laughs> I mean, but just just listening to those two guys talk to one another though you're like yeah you guys should have been doing this for 20 years now yeah like cause it's it's because and like comedy and you know and hip hop, it's like we're both up there expressing ourselves and it's oftentimes even if you have a dj it's you know what i'm saying like it's 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 more focused on you the performer you don't have an instrument to hide behind not saying musicians do that but you know what i mean it's, yeah. it's you a microphone and the dj has got a microphone and it's you're expressing your thoughts, your ideas through rhyming, yeah. similar to comedy. It's except you know one's funny and one's got to rhyme. And the only problem is when people try and to do the two together, you're like, no, 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 don't do that. Don't. <laughs> 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 we got we got one. What's his name? What's the fucking guy's name? He's got a TV show now. God damn it, Lil Dicky. Oh yeah 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 yeah. But what do you guys think about Lil Dicky as a, as a rapper? Is he I a think, good rapper? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah? I, yeah, think, I think... I'll let him, I'll let him talk. You want me? All right. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I think he, you know, clickbaited us with the name, mm-hmm. which, work, which worked for him, because mm-hmm. it, it definitely catches your ear, and then he rhymes, and he's actually really good. Like, you, th- you go into it thinking, who the fuck is this? He's probably right. going to suck. And you're like, oh, it's not bad. This is actually pretty good. He makes good songs, so I give him I give him a lot of credit for what he's done. Yeah, I mean, what are you gonna say, Baron? Yeah, what are you gonna say? I mean, as far as an MC, I think he's he's really, really, really dope. But I think songwriting, like with choruses and stuff, I think it's really hit or miss. Okay, interesting. Like when I, it's funny because when I think like a funny rapper or like a comedic MC, I think Redman. Like yeah. yeah. You yep. think about like early Red Man stuff. It's like this is fucking funny. <laughs> like, like this is like I wish. I, like, and you think about his Cribs episode. You ever, remember Cribs? Yeah, remember? Oh, yeah. He was a fucking goat for that, dude. Mm-hmm. No, he is totally because um, they tried to. I don't know if you know the whole story behind him, but they tried to give him a, a crib to use. Oh, really? As the crib? Yes. Wait, a fake crib? They tried a to be like crib. many of those houses. Believe it or not, are not really the people who actually live in them i knew that i could believe that and red man was one of them so let me blow my mic a little bit red man was one of them he he thought i actually saw the uh, him on drink champs recently where he was saying my my felt like my brain was on the line i felt like 
you know, my, my integrity was on the line because they had asked me, do you want to show your crib? Or do you want to show, um, this one we bought for you, you know, rented for you. Yeah. Yeah. This and North Jersey, was, yeah. Yeah. He was like, fuck, he, he was in some place in Staten Island, I believe, or Long Island. And he was trying to flip it. it he was like getting into realty, but it turns out he's terrible at it. <laughs> and he never flipped the house. Yeah. Makes oh, sense. Yeah. So he just, he just, you know, uses it to like write rhymes and party in it. Yeah. Which, if if you, I think that's the that's the new that's the new American dream. The second <laughs> house doesn't have to be nice; just has to be a place where you can go and fucking create, and then celebrate the creation by getting fucking trashed. Or maybe that is the creation: getting trashed and recording it. And no one's done that. There hasn't been like a twenty four seven shit face network where you just rig a house with mics and cameras and just record it and you could just check in on it like time during the day you know like you might creative big brother yeah like you might see people writing a screenplay you might see people doing a keg stand you might see people fucking you might see people fighting you might see people shooting up you can't but you just gotta (laughs) you see what you see like a fucking trap house but one for everything Oh, call it uh, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And I mean, twenty four seven. And then maybe some people can, because that would go one of two. Some people would be inspired by it. Some people would watch it and be like, "I don't yeah. know, maybe I should go to college or learn, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or like learn a skill because this kind of this looks kind of dumb." Or some people might, uh, you know, find their true calling as a, a, a wasted or drunk. An alcoholic, like this is this is my life. I'm, I want to be. I want to party so hard that I end up at the party house. Yeah, or a jizz mopper at the party house. Some people enjoy mopping jizz. I hear, <laughs> I hear it's easier to mop than you suspect. Oh, I thought you thought of a new disrespectful way to call like someone a whore, like she's a jizz mop. No, that's <laughs> uh, <laughs> like damn, barren with the new terminologies. That's a good one though. Uh, uh, call them semen Tupperware. That's not a good one. <laughs> Wait, so, you got you guys are in Jersey, right? No, you're New how York. Dare you? How dare you? No, no, we're we're Connecticut. We're Connecticut. Just as bad, I guess. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah, I I grew up in New York. He did as well. We both. He's been around multiple places. I've mostly been around the tri-state. So I think that's why my vibe, because I have family in Jersey, grew up in New York, and now I'm in Connecticut. Dude, I, I I like to I call I call Connecticut the Mississippi of New England. <laughs> <laughs> only only because Mississippi and Al- and Connecticut share a very huge similarity that no one talks about is that everyone's either very poor or very rich. Oh, and the middle not so much in the middle. There's some people like, but that's Mississippi. Some, yeah, yeah. Mississippi's got like it's got its working class, but it's mainly very poor people or very rich people. Yeah, everyone thinks that a lot of people think that it's like um, Greenwich. There's this oh, one yeah, place. Yeah, yeah. But so you know, I've been there. Yeah, been there. I don't know Greenwich. It's this very hoity-toity, like white class. I don't even know if that's the right word, but it's just high, high fucking grossing money. I don't know what they're doing, how they're getting that money. That money seems dirty. It's so fucking much of it. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, dude. It's also like um, the fucking. What, what? Yeah, people who don't know, people who think it's all Greenwich have never been to Hartford. 
Oh, you no, know, fuck <laughs> no, they haven't. Yeah, that yeah. that's a dude. I swear. I mean, there's a comedy club in Hartford, the Hartford Funny Bone. Yeah. Yep. Right. It's in a fucking shopping mall. You hear that a lot about comedy clubs. Like it sucks in the shopping mall. This is li- li- literally it's inside. You have to enter a shopping mall to get to the fucking club. Um, and I was this was years back. I was doing it. The, 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 the feature and I were standing outside after the show. I can't I don't know how y'all are after shows. Can y'all sell merch? Are y'all like. Able yeah, yeah. To- yeah, yeah. 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 But I most mean, like people, can- most people just sell drugs. But you can sell merch. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, can you, uh, can you, it's like, or do you find it cringy to stand out there and hawk your shit? Or are you like, okay, to just stand there and be like, it's, hey, thanks for watching the show. Here's a CD slash. It really depends on the crowd and like the show. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I can't, I can't fucking do it. Even if no? I have a great, even if I have a fucking standing ovation, people throwing underwear at me sort of set, I'm still just like, I need the, the first. For the first, for the forty-five minutes before and forty-five minutes after a set, no matter how the fuck the set goes, I need to be alone. Really? And it, yeah, it ruins a lot. People think I'm an asshole, but I'm not. I'm just like oh. I fucking I get so personal on stage that like afterwards I need time to sew myself back up oh. so I can talk to people just one on one, and I'm that's usually, that hurts more than helps. Trust me. I'm usually the same way. Like twenty minutes or thirty minutes before I go on. Mm-hmm. And then right after I get off, I have to have it be like just me and like him or like me and whoever performed, like just kick everybody out of the fucking green room or who get, you know, yeah, I man, be by myself or by, you know, like the squad. And that's it. Wait, what about you? What about you, DJ? When I, when I DJ, um, I think I've kind of gotten numb to it. I've been doing it for so long that, uh, I just, I have enough time usually when I'm when I'm doing gigs, I have enough time already beforehand setting up that I'm already in that zone. I'm in that mode. And after I get off, I guess because you know, it's not is really your, is your mic fuzzy? Is that, is that what's making the noise? Mine? Yeah. It's messing up. Wait uh, shit. Oh, you you can hear that? That's the yeah. fucking hold on. How can I oh. that's it's, it's not it's not the mic. It's the, um, I'm in the basement. So there's like, oh, this, oh, oh, let, me, oh. let me pause it and change mics real quick. That Do was, it. Do right, it. One second. Pause it up. Or, or you talk to him. Yeah. 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 You talk to him. I'll, I'll turn mine's off. Okay. So I was you're, uh, <laughs> you're a NOLA boy, right? I, I mean, I'm from New Orleans. I live in, I live in Brooklyn now. Mm-hmm. How'd you wind up in New York? I mean, if you want to do, I love New Orleans. It's a beautiful fucking city. It's just, I was just there last week voting, you know, and also just being there for the first time this year, um, seeing family and whatnot. It's an awesome city. It's where I started doing stand up. Uh, but back back then, like you know, if you wanted to do anything, out you had if you wanted to do comedy specifically, you had to get you had to leave. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I mean, I'll say this to. I mean, anyone, right? Like New York will always be the mecca yeah. of stand-up comedy. There's just, there's just, you know, fifteen fucking clubs and a thousand comedians and um, a hundreds of bar shows. It's just like, it's where you got to come if you want to be a comedian. So eventually, it was like I got to, I got to go. I went to L.A. first. L.A. is a great comedy scene. I'm not going to say it isn't, but it's second. It's second as far as size and just like. 
volume of comedy to New York. But it's still great. But I went to L.A. first and I liked it, but I didn't love it. And then like an, a, a random ass opportunity, which I'm sure this has happened to other people who live here, opened up for me to live in New York very cheap. And I took it as like a sign from the cosmos where it's like, I got to go. Basically, a dude was like, take over my room. I'm leaving. Sublet it for me. It's $420 a month, all inclusive. Right. And I was like, that's fucking insane. I got to do it. And then I got to the apartment in Bushwick before Bushwick was Bushwick. Now it's like Bushwick. Back then it was like Bushwick. You know what I'm saying? Like it still had a fucking, it had teeth on it still. And, uh, but it wasn't even a bedroom. It was a fucking cubicle just built in the corner of the, like legit, a straight up like cubicle. Like it went all the way to the ceiling and it came about two inches off the floor, but it was a fucking cubicle in the corner of the living room. And I was like, well, should have done my research, but fuck it. I'm here now. And that's where I wanted to be anyway. So, Holy shit. But I love it here, man. I mean, I, I was here all through, I've been here all throughout the pandemic. Yeah. All throughout, you know, since, since March 18th mm-hmm. traveling recently, which is fucking crazy. Have you done that yet? Have you done much traveling? Uh, just by car, not flying or anything. Yeah. I mean, if I had that area is Wait, you, I mean, traveling, I mean, I hear you. Wait, say it again. I don't, I don't hear it. All right, keep talking to yourselves. <laughs> okay, so traveling. Okay. Typical. There he is. DJ. Yeah. But yeah, you know, fucking tra- traveling's crazy right now, man. Like, fly Delta. They seem to be the only airline that gives a shit. Yeah. About, you know, like, they, they're pretty strict about everything, and you feel somewhat safe, you know, mm-hmm. that they're not, like, they'll fucking yell at you. If you don't wear a mask, not in a dick way. They'll just remind if one person's not wearing their shit, they'll remind the whole plane. Oh, wow. And so oh, wow. they do that. They do that where they kind of turn the plane against the person being an asshole. Like the whole, every other passenger is sort of like, dude. And so I don't know. They, they, they seem to give a shit. Yeah. That's going to be, that's, we got to, we got to learn to live with the shit for the next year. At least I don't give a fuck what they say about the, about a vaccine or even if Biden does win, it doesn't matter. It's like, it's going to be another year. Yeah, we eradicate the shit. I said at least a year. I mean, mm-hmm. coming from someone that like works in the medical industry, that's a lot better now. Uh, st- it is better, but statistically, I don't know. No, I mean off- the the sound. Oh yeah, no, I realized what happened. <laughs> th- th- thank you. I realized what happened. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. got you like a fucking fucking hip hop's Abbott and Costello right now. <laughs> <laughs> so um. It's a, I'm I'm really looking at like a three year. Uh, it, it, well, it, it's probably going to come out before then, but I'm looking at medical standpoint. I don't recommend. I'm not a doctor, but I'm just saying I don't recommend taking the vac until like three years, two three years, maybe even five. And I go off of that based on the influenza vaccine when it first came out. They didn't give it to any of the troops until it was about the fifth year that it was out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotta let it, gotta let it develop so, and see if it works. So let me. So, I guess once the troops start taking it, then you should take it. Right. Okay. Wait. So wait. In the medical field, you said you're not a doctor. Not a doctor. But like, or else you, I'd be doctor you, lack of sleep. Doctor lack of sleep. Yeah. <laughs> and well, well, if you're a doctor, you just give yourself, you prescribe yourself something, and you no longer have lack of sleep. No, I'd, I'd be a doctor. I'd be doctor opioid probably. Wait, dude, speaking of lack of sleep. So yesterday, yesterday, had a weird past 48 hours. I didn't get much sleep. Uh, election results, crazy shit, hanging out, whatever. 
And then like I flew, I flew back to New York yesterday and got home at like 5 p.m. And then was like, all right, I'm doing this podcast. And I logged on to the Zoom and it was like, this isn't until this is scheduled for November 6th. I had my dates all fucked up. I'm like, oh, it's only November 5th. Holy shit. And then I then I no, 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 no. It's okay because I was coming back home anyway. But like and then I I was like, okay, I don't have to do this podcast now. And I ordered Thai, ate all of that shit with my with my girlfriend. And then I went to bed at like 7 p.m. and woke up today at 11 a.m. I had like 16 oh, hours lag. of sleep, dude. Yeah, it was crazy. I've never had that. I mean, I used like pre pre pandemic, I was traveling 25 weeks a year, and I never experienced that sort of shit. Like I no? like had 16 hours of sleep like that, dude. Yeah, it was crazy. You just like crack. I woke up. Just I'm talking. Like that kind of like full dream, full REM. Like I woke up being like that kind of anxiety where you're too rest. Oh shit! I dude, for a second I thought that was your dick. I'm not lying. For a <laughs> second I was like, did he just? Was this a fucking ploy for him to pull? It was a cat. It was a kitten. <laughs> for a second, because I'm talking and looking. I'm looking at you, lack of sleep. Yeah. And I see him out of the corner of my eye. And I'm like, oh, it's nice. <laughs> no, All right, Baron, I'm gonna put. A- <laughs> I was Baron playing with his pussy. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I had I had us on gallery view, so Baron was up oh, on the okay. right Okay, I switched now, it now, just now because so that people could see what was going on. I'll leave it like this. Um, yeah, but we we seen you at the stand before, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you remember, we were indoors, in the, indoors, mm-hmm. upstairs. Yeah, we were in the corner, and you were mm-hmm. doing a bit about um, the whole like sibling porn that's out yep. now. No, oh, yeah, yeah. And you, like, I, I guess, like, the whole crowd wasn't into it. And then no, you noticed that us we in the were back. Fucking dying. Yeah, yeah, you noticed that we were in fucking cracking the fuck up. So then you just turned to us and just did the whole bit towards us. Yeah. 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 <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> One of the funniest yeah. fucking bits I've ever heard in my life, dude. Thanks, man. I um, mean, to be to be honest, that's like. If I'm being truthful right now with myself, that's probably 80% of the sets I do. I completely like half the audience is just like, what the fuck is he talking about? And then the other half, the audience is like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Give me a second to breathe. I'm, this is hilarious. And straight up, like, I fuck. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm I, I don't. That doesn't bother me because I know I would rather you two guys and your crew be my fans than a bunch of fucking basic 101s who like who can't yeah. think outside of their own box enough to even entertain another person's point. Yeah, of view. you were clowning some of them at first, like, uh, and then you stopped. I, I guess, I guess you felt like it was too easy. It, it was, was just hilarious because, like, once you you started going with the bit and like people were groaning and we were laughing, you were just like, and like, did the bit <laughs> yeah, man. Us. Yeah, I mean, like. Like, well, that's the thing about when it comes to crowd work, like, I look, I know a lot of comedians who are fucking great at it, but even they'll tell you, like, it's easier. It's it's a lot of the times you're just repeating whatever they said back to them. Seriously. A lot of times you'll be like, you know, what what do you do? And someone will be like a dental hygienist. You just go dental hygienist. Just like that. You do like that. And it fucking murders. <laughs> yeah. it, there's not as much. But some people are fucking great. Some people like Jay Okerson 
is a Jedi when it comes he to crowd work. He is a fucking master of crowd work. A Jedi, but he yeah. gets deep. He like gets into a person's fucking soul, and yeah. that's but that's but he's been crafting and honing that skill for fucking fifteen years now. Um, Todd Glass is another guy, but Todd Glass doesn't do crowd work with the audience. He just he'll ask the audience member a question, whatever their answer is, he uses it as a jump off to go on his own fucking insane tirades. But like for me personally, like. I work hard crafting material and like writing bits and jokes yeah. and shit. And like sometimes when it's a dumb audience <laughs> like that one, I don't, I recognize, I, I remember the moment you're talking about. I recognize in the moment, I'm like, all right, I can stay on this path for the next 15 minutes and kill it just by fucking with this crowd. But yeah. I'm not going to feel satiated afterwards because I'm not doing this material that I love. So yeah. fuck them. I'm going to go the other route and just see what happens. And what happened was it hooked y'all. Yeah. And I was like, and that, and that's it. That this is my crowd for the night. For me personally, every time, I'm not saying I'm not giving this as advice to every comedian, but it works for me. Every show, you've got to find your audience within the actual audience. And sometimes, uh, sometimes for me, it's only about twenty percent of the time. But sometimes the whole audience is the audience. Yeah, and that's great. Yeah, but a lot of the times you'll find. Sometimes it's one table. Sometimes. I'm making it sound like 80% of the time I'm just battling. No, there's a lot of times where sometimes my audience is 80% of the audience Mm -hmm. and they're, you know, but you just got to figure out who it is and play to them because you can't please everyone. I disagree with that idea. Yeah, no, you can't, you can't, you, a majority rules, you know, that's why a lot of the time, like I don't usually freestyle. I just do my songs. And then Mm -hmm. if I'm, you know, when, when we were performing in big venues like Toad's place, if there would be like, uh, a, a section of the audience I would like step off the stage and like rap mm-hmm. towards them or like dap them up or like be near them to perform for them yeah and that's I mean but you build like I feel like that's how you build a fan base absolutely you know it's, yeah. and sometimes you do it sometimes it takes longer and sometimes I mean like I hate I hate fucking I hate being the guy who just keeps using you know because like people do this to me they think that anytime they have to tell me something or make an example they have to use comedy you know what i'm saying because it's mm-hmm. like yo you know like we're gonna buy a house we're looking at buying a house and they'll look at me and be like you know that's like it's a big commitment like it's like when you want to commit to doing a bit on stage it's like no. you know i'm like no i understand what fucking buying a house means you can't, you can't explain everything to me but i'm only saying that because i'm, I'm about to make an example but using hip hop. they might know that you <laughs> live like, in a cubicle so that's probably why they said that now that was then. That was 2007. I actually have an apartment. Luckily now. Oh, moving but, uh, up. Moving up. In Two the corner bedrooms. Office. Oh, no. Corner yeah, yeah. But like, I, I look at I look at Run the Jewels as an example f- for life for me because fucking LP has been around. I mean, I remember listening to that dude back with who was non-fiction. it? Ron Sayers? No, nonfiction. Yeah. No, no, yeah. no. It wasn't nonfiction. It was um, fuck. Was it Ron? Was it not Ron Sayers? No. No, it was Def Jokes. Was his label. That was the label. But but like, I think you're yeah. talking about the group, which is nonfiction. The group was um, it wasn't nonfiction. That was Ill Bill, but, Gore-Tex, and uh, Sabak. But that was uh, like late '90s, you know, yeah. early aughts. And like, same thing with Killer Mike. Like, I remember, I think he was on. I think he was on Company Flow. Fucking Company Flow. Oh, Company yeah. Flow. Yeah. But Killer Mike, I mean, wasn't he? I know he was on a Goody Mob album. He was I know, with the I, Family. Yeah, and I know you heard. I know he was on fucking AT Aliens or or at least fucking Equimini. But like those guys have just been around 
and then the perfect storm of their talents uniting and it's, and then bam. And now they're run the fucking jewels. Now they're, you know, amazing. And, and like, I look at that as an example for any artist. It's like, never, ever, doesn't matter where you are. Always look to where you're going. When, when we had uh Liz Mealy, is that how you say your last name? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When we had this her, on, when we had her on the show, I was talking about run the jewels, how they're, it goes to show that like, both of those guys, Killer Mike and LP, had very long careers, you know, had done a lot to that point, but it started to hit the second part of their career as like a kind of a downside. But then when they linked up, they're bigger now than both of them ever were on their own. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, yeah. They're, they're arguably as big as you could be for like a an independent hip-hop group now. Yeah. I, I think you know what, what I mean? also like, helps is that both of them – learned how to move independently independently so both of them were running their own careers independently because killer mike um i guess it didn't really pan out as as well as he would have liked with um big boy and outcast whoever they were with (laughs) so he he went down south and he learned a lot from like texas rappers on how to move your stuff independently because you have uh ugk which is you know bumby of course yeah, rest in peace. R.I.P. Pepsi. All right, there you go. So he learned from that. But um, I was trying to see if we had music to play. I had to play a song for you. Is it coming through the headphones? Yeah. Yeah, some fucking, some fucking goo goo dolls. Some fucking goo goo dolls. Oh shit! Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, is this you guys? No, <laughs> I, was, I was really, I was really hoping I was about to hear a cover of the goo goo dolls. By by YouTube. Oh, that's hilarious. Why does it say remaining meeting time? Yeah, because I got to upgrade the account. Uh, <laughs> what happens? on air. What the fuck? Skirt. Skirt, skirt. I was hoping you wouldn't have mentioned that. Well, I mean, I figure oh. before it just pops yeah. off. Well, thanks. Does it? Does yeah, it I mean, we're the hip hop map in Costello, right? There it is, bro. <laughs> why, is, why are your pants undone? Hey, stop it! You, <laughs> do you guys do you guys know uh, who Cipher Sounds is? Of yeah. course, yeah, because he's there uh, yeah. There, there it is. Unlimited. He's, um, he's he's a he's my boy, and he's fucking his DJ skill. I mean, he's he's Amazing. a very he's a fucking hilarious comedian. He's a hilarious yeah. comedian, and that's how I met him in comedy. And he, he only kind of fucks around uh, DJing with comedy. But, like, I, I've seen, I saw him just do a DJ set once. And uh-huh. I was like, Jesus Christ, dude. Like, yeah. I had no clues that good. I also, he was the original uh, live DJ for Blackstar, which I did not know. Wow. I didn't, I know, didn't that. know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Saifa has figured out a way to, like, merge DJing and comedy. When he does, like, a DJ comedy, comedy set, it's like, oh, he's – this is fucking great. Yeah. And, and yeah, he's, he's, he's an awesome dude. So what he, he does like his act in between DJing or he like DJs funny shit at the same time. He'll DJ, he'll start off DJing yeah, and then he'll like, you know, stop a song and he has a couple bits and then he'll play a song that's funny because of the bit. It's like a normal song. It's a song uh, everybody knows, it's like a journey song, but it's only funny just because of the bit he just did. And uh, then he'll, and then he like has like bits he'll do over the song. Songs. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, nice. He, yeah, he merged his two loves. That's cool. Yeah, like I, I, like, I don't, I don't want to give away too much. But no, the, no, like, definitely. Yeah, but like one thing he does, he'll like he'll play like a, he'll talk about how like white people don't have, they don't know like the classic like in it DJ. So he'll play like a Oasis song. <laughs> or, or, or or it's a journey song it's that just a small town girl that journey song yeah. and it'll be like where was she going like he'll just do call and response <laughs> with the audience over a fucking journey song <laughs> and it's pretty fucking hilarious because people actually get into it that's fucking awesome and i don't know it's, yeah he's merged his two loves it's pretty it's pretty exciting to watch like but like that that's what i'm talking about it's just like you talk to him about it i mean he was such a he transitioned into it I remember when I first moved to New York and he was like starting to become someone in comedy, uh, not realizing how famous he already was Mm -hmm. in music, which is crazy. Oh, yeah. He used to have like the number one morning show and now it's Breakfast Club. Like that morning show kind of derailed after he left. Honestly, like they they got rid of um, I forget what the black girl's name was. I think it was Kay something. There you go. Got yeah. rid of her. Then they got rid of him. And then it's just Rosenberg standing with his fucking pants at his ankles. And he's like, what the fuck do I do here? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude. Speaking of uh, music, what kind of music did you listen to growing up? I mean, I I, I, I like to listen, say, oh, huh? well, no, I grew up in the 90s. I'd yeah. say like that's when I was like a teenager. Uh, and the 90s were a special fucking time because that was, I think, was MTV's. It was right before MTV went full, whatever the fuck it is now. Reality TV based, yeah. Yeah, like music, like, but music videos still mattered up until like the late 90s. And they were fucking beautiful. And like 90s music all just, uh, to me personally, has this, like, for all the years that we had to put up with 80s 80s nights at clubs and bars, there needs to be (laughs) 90s nights because like there was something, it was like a symbiosis. Like you could listen to the Smashing Pumpkins and and Dr. Dre in the same on the same mix CD or mixtape because we didn't have yeah. fucking iPads yet or iPods yet and like you know um, you could listen to fucking Beastie Boys and then the Deftones and then yeah. you know Tool like but but I mean like I was growing up I was all about Tool Tool still is my favorite fucking band. Um, What's your on, favorite album? Of uh, Anima, I gotta say that I think okay. Anima is my favorite. Like. I love I love the new one. I love Fear Inoculate. I love uh, Ten Thousand Days is great. Lateralis is great, but Anima is the one that song? favorite Tool song. That's yeah. mm, that's hard, dude. I I think their best song is Eulogy. It's a fucking probably what eleven minute song, and it go it just but it's such a roller coaster of a song. But I, I it's hard to say one Tool song is my favorite. Um, but I also listened to a lot, like, I was a hip hop kid in the nineties, you know, like we were, especially growing up in new Orleans, that was like, you know, I, the first hip hop album I ever heard was liquid swords Wow, nice. by the jizzard. That was, but that, I mean, like I had heard rap before that, obviously. Like I remember I was in like this eighth grade when uh, the chronic came out and everybody was like, what? And then yeah. Snoop. And then I remember like Snoop Dogg, it was like, holy shit. And like all that. But then I remember hearing Liquid Swords and just being like, "This, what is this?" And That's then that a great intro that is, and then that opened the door into the Wu Tang. Mm-hmm. So like that, like Wu Tang heyday era of the early '90s, I was like, you know, 15, 16, 17, got 
really into the fucking Wu Tang. I'm yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Real. I guess I guess he had to know what he was doing, but I thought it was so crazy because it was this little like underground scene that kind of was occurring it with 90s kids in the East Coast. I don't know if it was going down south also, but we would watch kung fu flicks like religiously. And when I like my fucking mind exploded when I heard kung fu shit on rap beats i was like oh my fucking god like i understand how like older heads were like this is fucking stupid y'all don't know no kung fu and like getting upset at them but it just like the hood loved it because that's all we did is just order chinese food spark one up and watch kung fu flicks while we're listening to you know at that time probably tupac and biggie and snoop Dogg before fucking wu-tang like kicked in the door yeah, that I mean that's I mean we we started watching Kung Fu flicks because of Wu Tang, ah. and, and like we didn't know a lot of that shit was from movies. We just thought it was cool. Like when you listen to that, the opening track of uh, Liquid Swords, I believe it's the name of the song is Liquid Swords. I think, but like that opening track is like a minute and a half clip of like my father was the Shogun's assassin, and it's just oh. this like monologue from, and you're like. I, I remember like you, we didn't even we didn't know what that was from. We just didn't care because it was such an interesting thing because that's what we did driving around in the fucking suburbs of New Orleans. You know, four of us in a Nissan Sentra uh, <laughs> smoking. At the time, we were all we were all smoking bowls. None of blunts didn't become a thing in Louisiana until right around then. That plus the movie Kids. You remember the movie Kids? Yeah. Absolutely. And they, one of my they, favorite movies. Yeah. Like, did there's you a, learn how to roll one from that movie? That was yeah. Oh. There's like a blunt rolling tutorial in that. Movie. I know. I knew that was gonna happen. <laughs> I was like, this is kind of bad. This is gonna teach so many kids how to roll blunts. And I was like, and they're giving away how we steal forties, like because yeah. I did. I did do that shit. Or we had the bubble coats, you know. And then oh was, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why we had baggy clothes. People thought we looked ridiculous, but it was so that we could fucking steal jeans. Yeah, we just. <laughs> <laughs> Growing up in growing up in Louisiana, it was easy to buy forties because a lot of places uh, you got act- stealing jeans on. No, yeah, steal, she, stealing dickies, dude. That was <laughs> fucking, but a lot of places when you went, if you were a fucking sixteen year old kid and you asked for three Philly blunts or our big thing was Dutch Masters, that seemed to be the only blunt you could buy in the fucking South forever. Yeah. And so, and and we only knew about Dutch Masters from fucking Wu Tang albums, and uh, and then. White Owl became, we started finding White Owls, and that was because of Method Man. Yep. And we would go, but there was this one joint we would go, this one place we'd go that would give us razor blades because they knew. Oh, wow. Ah. This little, this little Asian couple would, you know, you buy the blunt and they'd slide the, ra- they'd slide the razor blade, they keep their finger on it, like 25 cent. And it's most of the time, hustlers. Like, yeah, and it's, yeah, and you'd be Fucking like, right, yeah. hustlers. You know, I'm, you know what I need this for. Thank that's you. so fire. Yeah. yeah, that's smart on their part. I think. That never happened over here. They if oh. they knew that they they lost millions of dollars. They probably made a lot of money doing oh, that. Yeah, dude, we fucking because you'd never hang on to it. You'd keep it. You'd fucking do it. But no, keep keep the razor blade. Who's gonna keep the razor blade? It's gonna cut through whatever fuck you wear and put it in your backpack. Yeah. It's still gonna be gone, or it'd be rusty, or it'd be broken when you try to use it again. But like, yeah, that was man, that was fucking what. So I went in 1996. We went to what was called Hip Hop Fest uh-huh. in. Uh, New Orleans at the UNO Lakefront Arena. It's like 5,000 people. It was MC Light. Okay. I, oh. cannot, re- I cannot remember who went on right before her. And, uh-huh. then, the, and then the Wu-Tang. 
Wow. So it was like, it's a hip hop show. So it's already starting that it's already starting an hour late. Yeah, of course. The first group, I, I don't remember who it was, but they were not good. MC light goes on. And at that point by 96, MC light was an older act, yeah. but she was still fucking very good. Yeah. And then, she still had a song that was relevant at that time that I rocked the party that rocks about it. Yes. Yeah. 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 And then uh, two hours go by before the Wu-Tang Clan finally comes on. And it's only the RZA, uh, Raekwon, Capadonna, who was kind of new, mm-hmm. and Method Man. That was it. There was no Old Dirty Bastard. And he was still alive. There was no fucking Ghostface. There was no... None, it was just those four. Yeah. And, and I remember we were sort of like, this is... All right, whatever. But Method Man... And Raekwon were like the tent poles. Like they were, if you've never seen either of them live, Met the Man's obviously, you just look at Met the Man, you can tell he's a great performer. But I, th- I don't think Raekwon gets enough love in that regard. Like he would, he, to me, stole the show that night. Like it was like, damn, Raekwon's fucking great live. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I never saw him. Great live. And then after, at the end of their set, which was also only about 40 minutes long, because they were all clearly lit on their minds. Method yeah. Man shouts out where the after party is. Oh, and no. says, if, if you bring your ticket stub, you get in. So, oh, nice. Right. So it's me. We're 18 years old. Me and my other two fucking white friends were like, we're going. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it was the, it was this hint. It was at the Hilton in a ballroom. And I remember even showing up. The, the, the security guard was like, all right, you got your tickets. All right. Come in. So we're like, we're in there now. And. Only it's white faces. Only, and, and my one friend's Persian, so he's like the you're like, we're like you're gonna be the liaisons because you. <laughs> <laughs> but we see Capadonna sitting over there talking to some people. We see Raekwon floating around. He's got a crew, um, and then we see this massive entourage, and it's Method Man in the middle, yeah. just talking shit, being loud, and he's hollering about blunts, and he's like, "I don't want any of this bullshit, Phillies bullshit." I don't want, he's naming off all the blanks. Like, don't hand me a fucking green Optimo. God. And then my friend. Oh, Garcia Vegas. <laughs> Garcia Vega. He didn't want any of this shit. But Darius, my friend, had a white owl in case this exact situation happened. Oh. He looked at, he, he looked at us and then got the shit out of his pocket and like handed it over this because he's a pretty tall dude. Handed it over, like over some people's heads and met the man, saw it, grabbed it, looked back. And looked at the three of us and went, white N-words. I can't say it. (laughs) (laughs) White N-words, the only one with the right blunt here in Louisiana. I see how it is. And then he walked off. And we were so like, that was it. That was the culmination of why we were here to hand Method Man a white owl blunt. We're not going to get to hit it. We're not going to get to smoke it with them. But we supplied him with it. Now let's go. And then we left. You guys were like the kids in the Chappelle show. Did he just call us? (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah it was an honor it was a badge of honor um, <laughs> I, feel you, I feel you with uh with situations like that um i opened for conway mm. uh, who's from griselda i'm not sure if you're aware or from the name um after we did the set because we were the only openers there was like a little bit of a break and the dj was spinning or whatever and uh he's sitting down there in the green room and we had the one next to him i'm like yo what's good pop in and uh he's we're smoking or whatever and i was like yo um be honest i was like since you've been in the game for a while i was like what did you think of the set because you know i saw him walking around and you know paying attention a little bit and like there's like this long pause like long side like weirdly long silence and like he looks me up and down and he's like 
yeah, little N-word. He's like, y'all fucking killed it. I was like, huh? What? <laughs> that's that's some that's fucking cool, man. Yeah. Yeah, that, that that's cool. But I, but after after Wu Tang, I got really like I, I'm still overtly into Outcast. That's still like I fucking got into that around the same time. But like I saw Outcast live twice in like yeah. their heyday. Like I saw them once. One the first time I saw them, Black Eyed Peas pre Fergie open wow. for them. That's, and were yeah. oh okay yeah and were fuck it. I mean I'm, I'm not saying Fergie made him shitty, but Fergie came along when they got real commercial. Yeah. But like, but like, or like in 1997 or eight 1998, I saw Outcast live first time. Wow! And Black Eyed Peas opened for them, and they were spectacular. I'd never even heard of them before, and I got that first album because of that fucking. Uh, but but the Outcast was fantastic, and the second time I saw them was like a year later, <laughs> and they were equally as like Outcast was fan fucking tastic live. Yeah. Like they performed, it was I don't know, it was beautiful. So, um, but yeah, a question we asked is like, well, since you're a hip hop head, you want to give your top five. Uh, we also ask usually like top three, Rushmore or top five of like who, your musical influences or what you really like and listen to. I mean, you mean albums? You're talking about that is the sub question usually right, after so you the, pick the, the sub the five. Questions, the questions we're asking right now are a. What yeah. are your top five favorite rappers? Okay. And B, what are the, the top five musical influences for you? I mean, all right. Top five. My, I mean, like my favorite. Any, any genre, by the way. All right. Well, my, fo- my top five favorite rappers. I mean, I obviously, I just kind of let the cow bag. I love Outkast. I mean, if you need me to separate the two of them. No, no. no. That's hard. <clears throat> um, love Outkast. We wouldn't uh, make you do that. Yeah, be, being from New Orleans, I gotta fucking throw some love that way. Um, like, because I also remember when No Limit was popping off, and like, we all loved low, we all loved No Limit until Silk the Shocker came out. It was like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, all off beat and shit. Oh, f- I fucking, I'm I'm sorry if you guys like. I can't, I still to this day, like I've tried to re-listen the old Silk the Shocker shit. I'm like, oh, this is what happens when your older brother is a fucking production mogul. Because, <laughs> I mean, no offense, but good God. Um, but but I remember when the, 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 the transition to cash money, like, because No Limit just got too big. And there's too yeah. big. Like, it seems like he was signing fucking everyone. Everybody. Because he was dropping albums like every week. Every week. And yeah, then, I don't even know how then that was possible. Little, and, then, and then Lil, uh, uh, well, the Hot Boys album was the album that was like, oh, wait, well, who's this? And that steered yeah. everybody towards Cash Money. That album's fucking fantastic. I know Lil Wayne. Everybody loves Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne's iconic. But I fucking love Juvenile. I fucking love Juvie. Like, and I'm talking like early Juvenile shit, like pre, pre 400 Degrees. You know what I mean? Even though that album is stellar. Yeah. But, like, I always feel like from the New Orleans scene, like, everybody loves Lil Wayne, as do I, but Juvie's fucking fantastic. But Lil Wayne's also pretty goddamn spectacular. Um, yeah. I love Kendrick Lamar. I fucking okay. love all of his shit. And I've gotten in arguments with people over to Pimp a Butterfly because people would be like, that's not fucking hip-hop. I'm like, yeah, it yes, is. it is. It's art again. It, it, yeah. that, he, brings, he brings the whole fucking idea of listening to an entire album again. Back yeah. to the fold. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you're only listening to tracks of uh to Pippa Butterfly, Butterfly, yeah, there's not that many like straight up bangers on there. Yeah. But if, yeah. But, but there are. There are. There's there are. few. But yeah. like 
But if you listen to the entire yeah. fucking album, it's a masterpiece. Yeah, it's it makes beautiful. you appreciate each one more. It's beautiful. And then they all become bangers. Yeah. Then the whole fucking album's bangers if you listen to the whole fuck. It's a story being woven through. Like the fact does that like every song starts with that him like interviewing you don't realize he's interviewing yeah the whole, yeah you know the, and the reveal at the end that his fucking tupac he's been talking to mm-hmm. who's not a, oh it's just like it's such a fucking beautiful album but also like damn is fantastic that's I the think, way i felt about um yeah good kid mad city yeah good kid yes that's Fan a fucking great fucking album fantastic and like the it had bangers obviously don't get me wrong there were great singles but like yeah listening to them all as like a story of like a kid from the hood, like growing up and like getting out of the hood and like, like what love is like, and like what, like he was dealing drugs and he was hanging with his boys and like all this shit. And he just put it into this package that was like, if you, if you got high and listened to it, it it's like watching a fucking movie, like boys in the hood or like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Menace of society. And even, even with, even with, uh, to Pippa Butterfly, I was still, I started off, I like I started off listening to individual individual tracks like because a lot of them were just a lot of them were bangers to me. Yeah, I was like this is fucking King Kunta is fantastic and yeah, you know, like and then I stand up then once I was just on a flight and I was just like I'm just gonna play it and like I'm on the flight just like fuck I've heard all these songs a dozen times and I'm just now putting the piece together. Yeah, yeah, I love Kendrick Lamar and I think I think Damn is banger after banger. The I think that one's just like. Bah, I fucking love it. Just being on a plane to listen to an album is like a really good thing. Like there's an album I, I really love um, because of that. I, I mean, now you have so many distractions with the movies and the tablets, but back in the day, like a favorite album of mine that I had was uh road to riches, cool G rap, which oh, is yeah. like another one of those like story movies that you visualize inside of your head by the picture that they paint with the songs and the skits and everything. He's yeah, hands down one of the guys that, changed like the the popular flow that made it more like intricate like he went yeah, above and beyond mcs that he would work with yeah man so you said oh, outcast okay. so what's what's favorite album from outcast yeah okay i recognize i recognize that that Aquamini is their opus i recognize that but my favorite is at aliens it's just it's just the mine one too. that like mine too yeah yeah it's just right, the one so, that like jumped and caught me the most. I was just like, this one's fucking amazing. Yeah. So far we've said for top five, Outcast, um, Kendrick Wu-Tang, Lamar. Right. Oh uh, yeah. Uh I, wait, did, did, did I say no uh, ju- ju- uh Juvie? Juvenile. Juvie, Juvie. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm okay. gonna say four hundred degrees just because like that's it's a fucking it's a beautiful piece of work. Yeah. Absolutely. You know? Um from and then from Kendrick. From Ken- Kendrick, I'm going to go to Pimper Butterfly. Um, if I had to say favorite Outcast or Wu-Tang album, though, I would say I, I, uh, it's a toss-up between Only Built for Cuban Links and... Uh, oh, you mean like the solo albums? That are yeah, I, I count them all. As, yeah, just, they, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Raekwon actually thinks they shouldn't have did that. He was like, it was cool that they did it because we were kind of competing for each other for the number one spot. and It, it definitely built like this like um, competitive friendship competitive sword on sword sharpening of skills but he was like fucking beatles didn't drop sing- uh solo albums yeah. till after they broke up he's like why the fuck did we do that yeah yeah i mean it was it, it, i think it was also though it made sense because there was fucking 
nine of them or whatever. So you're going to try and do an album, a bunch of albums with nine people in every one, as opposed to just like little crews. You know what I mean? Like it seemed, it seems like Ghostface and Raekwon were always on each other's yeah. albums. And like Method Man seemed to kind of have everyone, but the Rizzo yeah. and the Jizzle were always on each other's. Mm-hmm. Uh, you God, I don't remember whose he was on. You know, Inspector Deck seemed to be on everybody's. Yeah. You God um, was kind of like pop up on whoever. Yeah. But then, um, wait, oh, wait, I got to fucking show y'all something. So, so hold on. Stay there for two seconds. I'll be right yeah. back. Yeah. 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 Of course. Fucking dude, hip hop head, man. Yeah, dope. I love it. Yeah, yo, it was crazy. I, me and my friends, we used to really like listen to Wu Tang. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I never forget when they first stepped on the scene because, like I said, we were just listening to 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 yeah. rap and watching kung fu flicks. So when that merge happened, it just fucking blew our minds. Yeah. So uh, I did last year. I filmed this thing with a bunch of comedians with Will Smith, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like this show with him. They talk, we like hung out with him for a f- like a few days in Vegas. Oh, cool. And he filmed Chase. I mean, couldn't be a nicer, more talented, more good looking human being up close. Yeah. Um, very smart and very, you could tell he's got no skeletons in the closet because he was cracking inappropriate jokes constantly. <laughs> with, with, but, but in a way that was not creepy, in a way that was like, oh yeah, he's, that's a, that's an innocent human being saying that because he's being funny and he doesn't, there's no dig into his past. You probably won't find shit, but like, yeah. so part of the thing was the director asked us all individually, like what's one of your favorite albums from the nineties. Um, Cause that was like when we all found out who Will Smith was, the world kind of did. Yeah. And I, and I, and then I told him and he made us all versions of this, but this was mine. If you can see it. Oh, Whoa. Shit. that's sick, dude. No, alien. No, I can't Nolians. say it. Nollians, like, yeah. Nol, like you probably got to say it because he has that accent. Nollians, yeah. There you yeah. go. Nollians, that's so Nolians. sick, dude. Right, right, right. I mean, look at the fucking the, the, the player and the poet, baby. You know, like, <laughs> fucking. wow. I mean, now wow. I know what I now know now what I know I know what I would look like if I was a sick, you know, or a Sikh. <laughs> <laughs> exactly how I look like if I was a Sikh. But yeah, dude, like if you were the rapper in that group clipping, yeah, yeah, dude, yeah. <laughs> but the fucking that shit was I don't know. They made us all one of our favorite. That's fucking albums. incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just I posted a picture of that. Of course, this shit happens. I posted a picture of that on Instagram, and I got like two dudes like looping in Outcast. Mm-hmm. To try and be like, yo, man, this is copyright infringement. I'm like, no, it fucking isn't. I'm not selling this shit. Yeah. <laughs> it was a gift, you asshole. Yeah. But it was a show that was supposed to come out on fucking Quibi. And now oh, Quibi's, wow. gone. Quibi's gone. Yeah. So I don't know when it's going to come out. I imagine it will because fucking Will Smith's in it. But, you know. Sell um, it to another network. Yeah. Or just put it on his YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, but yeah, fucking. Wait, was that? I, well, I think we only got three thing. right now. Three. So two Did more. Fa- yeah. Outcast. Kendrick. Kendrick. Okay. All right. I fucking. I Wu Tang. Wu Tang. And then you. Wu-Tang. What album? Uh, that Wu-Tang. only built for Cuban links. Yeah. Oh, or to Cal. Like between those two for me are fucking. I just love both of those albums define like years in my life. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm just like, that was my headspace of uh, not, not, obviously not. I was growing up in Slidell, Louisiana, not in fucking Shaolin, not in Staten Island. Yeah. But like, <laughs> but that was in, it, it was a steady play in my fucking, in my, in my 1987 Lincoln Continental, which is my first car. <laughs> fucking hoop tay, but it was beautiful. Yeah, that's a hoop tay. Mm. Those are usually like limo cars. Yeah, yeah dude. Um, and then I gotta say, man, fuck, that's because I because I, huh? I mean, that's a that's a the, what would be Took my the shocker? <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you, bro. No, th- I mean, I like, I mean, dude, Mystical's first album, Mind of Mystical, yeah, was such a fucking great album, but it sucks because he turned out to be a creepo, but you know what I mean? Like, but oh, I, didn't first- know, I didn't even know. Oh, okay. you didn't hear about that? No, yeah, no. Dude. What? What? He, oh, yeah. He did time. He did time for rape, I believe. Isn't or, he still in? Or he might still be in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Do, that, like, do his, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, you did. Apparently, <laughs> according yes, to a jury did. of your peers, yes, you did. Damn. <laughs> yeah, dude. That no. It's a fucking. It's a fucking yeah, man. Uh, so you don't but, know who the fifth one is? Well, yeah. I mean, I know, I know, if, I know, I know who the fifth one is. Uh, I, I feel a little cheesy about this, but because a lot of people will argue, is it hip hop? Is it not? But when when ill communication dropped, oh yeah, right. I was 15 years old, and that was like because I was too young for check your head when that came out. I was too, I wasn't. I was maybe fucking 11 when that shit came out. 12. Like I, I went back and listened to Check Your Head, and I went back and listened to Paul's Boutique and Licensed to Ill, and I was like, "Oh yeah, these guys are fucking fantastic." But it was ill communication when that fucking came out. It was like, and that goes back into what I was saying about the '90s when like music Beastie videos Boys. mattered. Yeah. yeah, Beastie Boys, because when the video for Sabotage came out, I remember just being like, "Oh, oh, this is something else." I yeah. didn't even know it was them at first. I knew them from you know. Yeah. Fight for your right and party and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Frat bro music. I didn't even know that was them at first. So I was like, what rock group is this? Dude, I got so lucky as a as a kid. God, I had to have been like, I don't know, eight or nine, like real young. Uh, yeah. I stayed home from school one day and um, my mom was like, oh, we're going to the video store. Uh, rent something, you know, rent a couple movies. And I there was one that was like the uh, Beastie Boys music video anthology. And I was like, oh, you know, like, who are they? My mom was like, get it. You'll like it a lot. Oh. <laughs> she, um, she rented that in a couple movies. And I remember sitting there, like, watching the video for Intergalactic and being like, what the fuck? Like, I mean, yeah, that that fucking I remember I remember the MTV Music Awards back when I was somewhat of a big deal. Hmm. The year that um, and Intergalactic was like was hello nasty. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I remember, yeah. yeah. But I, but I remember. But I remember watching that year's movie awards where every artist seemed to kind of phone it in. And then they came out in the matching jumpsuits and just yeah. like blew everybody's dicks and off. Master Mike was like scratching up the beat. Oh, correction. I, correction. Mystical posted a $3 million bond last year. Oh, shit. But okay. he what, was he charged for what we said or no? Uh, sexual battery. Sexual oh, ba- yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, what? That's, so that's beating somebody up while you rape them? I, I guess, yeah. I guess so, yeah, yeah, fuck. But yeah, it's Damn. bummer. But yeah, because yeah, that first album, dude, that very first Mystical album was fucking, and that was, and it was independent. That was the other thing. It was, it was, and he was trying to tell us, shake it fast, but watch yourself. Yeah. Watch <laughs> yourself. 
Uh, show me what I'm working with. Like, you, know, <laughs> you show, oh man, fucking, uh, but like, um, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, dude, that early Beastie Boys was just, I saw DJ, um, not DJ Shadow. What was, who was their DJ for? Mixmaster Mike. Mixmaster Mike. Mixmaster Mike, yeah. Mix, I saw, I saw him live, uh, in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. He was just doing like a DJ set. Incredible. And it was fucking great. Yeah, it was like people, people, people. I, you hear so many people make fun of DJs, uh, like oh, they just plug their computer in and let shit play with their playlist play. It's like yeah, there are those DJs. There are those. There are also yeah. people who are actually like you. It's an art. It's a fucking of like mixing. There's a flow to that. You don't even realize it's happening till you're dripping in sweat, like having yeah. the greatest night of your life. You're like, oh, this has everything to do with the guy behind the fucking turntable slash computer. Slash mixer. Yeah. It's much better with the computers now. Like, I know that people, there, there was, there, you know, you have those purists that were like, no, 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 for a while. And like, bro, you can break your back with all them crates you want. I'm not doing that shit no more. We got yeah, a fucking yeah, yeah. laptop that stores terabytes yeah. of, of, <laughs> of music. Why would I ever do that? And then you can make crates so easily. It's much better. You got cues and stuff. We're not using um, crayons or um, mm, mm. markers, because back in the day, I started with vinyl. You used to have to put like uh, mar- markers to know where to land the needle for that certain part of a song. And then once that's over, you got to throw it out and then get the next record, put it on and put it on the right place. It was a headache. Dude, there was that show on Netflix a few years ago, The Get Down. Was that what it was called? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm mad that they took that off. That was a great show. But it got fucking weird in the second season. But I remember in the first season where they like break down DJing. Yeah, that that was definitely like what the f- okay. I didn't well, like yeah. Africa Bambada weird. Like no no. <laughs> when they started mix no when they started mixing like half of it was animation and half of it was because they couldn't get all the talent to be yeah. there at the same time, so they just animated the motherfuckers. And then was like, wait, why why is this half of an episode animated and then now it's back to live? What? And then it, but the first, the first season was fucking great. Yeah. And I hate Boz Lerman usually, but like the first season, but when they broke down how deep, why, why you needed two turntables and how that shit was beautiful. But yeah, but I'm like, I've toured with Cypher before where he just has the computers and he's got like the, he's got like the mixing board. The It's like the two, you know, where you can scratch. Yeah. You can do all that shit, but it's plugged into your laptop, laptop. not into two fucking separate like you're saying, yeah. Yeah, like, it's like this big. It's like some little yeah. shit that's like, wait, wait. He can show up with a back. He can show up with it's a like backpack. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He shows up with a backpack. And I bet you he can still truck. fucking kill it, right? He's oh, still it's, still, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. What's it like touring with Cypher? I mean, fun as fuck. He's, but he's like, he's sober. He doesn't drink. He doesn't smoke. He just like hangs out. He likes to hang out. He likes to be around people. He likes to like get in people's heads. Yeah. He's, an inter- he's an interesting guy and he's just fun. And he's Puerto Rican, but he can't speak Spanish. Which is hilarious. He grew up in the Bronx, so he just like I never had to learn to speak Spanish. <laughs> like, so people will speak Spanish to him. He's like, "You're wasting your time." <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. Hmm. Wait, what was the what was the last three questions? Because I got to bounce in a minute. I just realized what time it was. Fuck. I mean, we could just do the quick ones. Do the quick ones since you got to leave. Yeah. Well, what, what, uh, you, well I was, was gonna say, you know, the yeah. the favorite albums of all the artists. We got that. Got that. Okay. Um, are those your top five influences or just top five favorite rappers? I mean, I, I, I say Tool was my favorite band, but I also think Tool is an influence for me for life in general, just because like 
they have the things that they've done, like they've never given a fuck about the industry. They just do them and they take their time with everything, which I think is an important thing that becomes harder and harder to do in this current climate of social media and content and putting stuff out there constantly. Like when I started doing comedy, you can't, I came up at a time where it was like, hone your shit, get your 15 minutes set or your hour set together and be precious about it. And don't put it out there until someone's paying for it. Now it's the exact opposite. It's like, be putting shit out there constantly, build numbers to tour with. But I think every, we're all so quick to just pump out content now where it's like, if you take your time and only put out great, 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 great art, that'll be worth it too. And that's something Tool has always done. Um, As Louis C.K. would call it, churning and burning. Churning and burning, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, fucking Tool also is great at what they do and they push the the envelope of what they do every time. They're like, what do we do this? We're going to do this different. I, I think that's important to every creative person. Like once you get comfortable somewhere, then you got to push yourself further because then you just become boring or you become predictable. And that's when you die. Like I have a song called complacent adjacent. <laughs> that's a fucking great song title. Hell yeah. But yeah, tool definitely. Um, I, def- I definitely say the Beastie Boys in general, just because they're the same in the same boat. They just always redefined, you know. I know I know people who won't call them rappers, and I'm like, but they rap. But they're like, yeah. ah, it's just it's different though. It's their own thing, and I'm like, okay, that's what's wrong with that being yeah. your own fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I mean, huh. I mean, this one's gonna be fucking ridiculous, but like you, Neil Young, do you know Neil? You know Neil Young? Yeah, is? yeah, yeah. So I, I grew up on Neil Young. That was like my parents' jam. Uh-huh. So that, that's my parents' guy. Like they fucking Neil Young. I, I mean, I'm talking from the time I can remember hearing music, just Neil Young playing on the record player. I remember when my dad bought all of it, his whole fucking catalog on CDs. And it was a big deal because we, you know, CD player now and listening to every Neil Young track. But the thing about that dude is that he kind of did the same thing before anybody did it. And he also, started the first ever in music, like music beef was between Ooh. with Leonard Skinner oh, because yeah. he did, he has a song called Southern man, which mm-hmm. if you listen to that song, it's fucking amazing, but it also calls out the South for all the bullshit. The South has done, you know, slavery, things of that nature. And he calls out the South basically in this song and Leonard Skinner in the song, sweet home, Alabama, they fired back at him. With um, it's it's wow. You have to listen to both songs. Listen to "Southern Man" okay. by Neil Young first, and hear him just call out the South. It's great. Mm-hmm. And then listen to "Fucking Sweet Home Alabama" and listen to Ed, the lyrics. There's a lyric in there about Neil Young, which is it's weak. It's a fucking weak attempt at firing back at someone, but it's arguably the first ever. I was gonna say, is that like the first ever like reply this song? I think <laughs> I think so. I think so. And like, because Leonard Sinner were a bunch of fucking Alabama boys. So they're like, hey, don't talk shit about the South. But I mean, I, I, but Neil Young is just like, he's a guy who, tra- like, I love the idea of transcending the fat or whatever's, you know, it's one of the reasons I love Kendrick so much is because like, it seems like rap is really, really gone towards trap and towards a certain style. Yeah. And some of it's great, some of it's garbage, but he's kind of remained up here just doing his thing. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of rappers who do that as well. I'm just not as verse in the verses these days, but, um, but yeah, those I, would be I, I my try to say more like lyrical. I'm like, yeah. You know, like, you know, all the bullshit. Good. You should. 
the Red Baron. Skinner might also have I've been upset. Yeah, they might have been upset because he's also Canadian, talking about. Right, that's true. Us. He's also, yeah, he also is <laughs> Canadian. But, you know, hey, he had a point and he's still around. There you yeah. go. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so there you go. So the so quick question for you Tool, Neil Young, BC Boys. Yeah. What are the other two? I thought it was three. It was only three? Well, we could leave it at five. that. Okay. Cause, I mean, because he did a top five. Okay. Um, because he got to go. So the quick questions. Tupac or Biggie? Biggie. Kendrick just, or Cole? I, well, Kendrick or Cole? Kendrick. I'm Kendrick, yeah. Jay-Z or Nas? Ooh. <laughs> Man. Fuck, dude. That's a tough one right there, man. <laughs> I got I'm gonna go with Jay-Z, but here's why. Mm-hmm. And and it was and it's it's not this is not I'm gonna you know who Sam Jay is? I don't uh, think so. You're okay, she's a comedian, she's fucking fantastic. You're about to know who she is. She's got a TV show coming out on H- HBO Max. But this exact same conversation was happening between a, a group of us at the at the comedy table, uh at the Fat Black Pussycat in in, in Manhattan. Um the comedy the, the other comedy seller. There's two comedy mm-hmm. sellers. But um, two locations of the comedy center. But, uh, you know, because there was that battle phase between Jay-Z and Nas where a yeah. lot of people were like, Nas is the better MC. And I don't, and I think, but she made a good point was that Nas may be the better MC, but he always kind of stayed doing that one thing. Whereas Jay-Z mm. is a fantastic MC and has evolved constantly. And That's even though he's, he's gotten more business minded and he's become more of like a public figure now, he still makes great music and evolves. And yeah. so that's why it's a tough call because I fucking love Nas. I love Nas. I mean, Illmatic is fan fucking tastic. But then, like, when I think of Jay Z, I think of like, yeah, but there's like, he's got that's multiple crazy. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So if I got, if I'm, I gotta go Jay Z. Mm. But with, I got to go Jay-Z with full respect to Nas, with full, like, <laughs> praise and adulation, adoration, sorry. I don't know if adulation applies, in this, but adoration does. Towards Nas, I got to go Jay-Z. I, I cut you off when you were talking about Biggie. What were you going to say? I just love fucking any, any overweight motherfucker who was as fantastic at something as he was. Because I, I, I'm big around the waist, you know? That was... I feel you. You know, Tupac... You look at if you look at the two of them and you were like, if you took away both of their rap talents, you'd be like, Tupac could probably be a model or at least <laughs> get laid a lot because he was a fucking fit young man. Biggie would be fucked if he didn't have <laughs> if he didn't have rap, you know? He did say that that was not the case. Like Tupac remembers before the fame hit. Like there's a, a clip of him in an interview where he's talking about going to the same club a year later. And people being like, oh, my God. And he's like, I've been in the same fucking club a year ago and nobody gave a fuck who I was. Really? Okay. Yeah. He was like, I don't know. Was I too skinny, too short? Now I'm just like, oh, my God. And he's like, so he's like, I don't pay attention to that bullshit. He said he could see it. He says it's something with the eyes, something with the eyes. When you meet people, you can see the people that are really like into the stardom, the fandom of it. You know, you know what else it says? And this isn't fair. I got to say this because I, I hate when people let. Um, fans of a of an act dictate the act itself. That's just I don't think because Tool gets a lot of that shit. 
you know, because a lot of people are like, oh, you like Tool, you're fucking, uh, what are you, a meathead? I'm like, have you ever actually gone to a Tool show? It's a lot <laughs> of people who look like me and a lot of fucking women. Um, but, <laughs> like, people assume women don't like Tool. I'm like, go to a Tool show, dude. It's fucking insane. Um, you see women walking there with snakes around their neck and shit. Like, wow. not, re- not really, but the kind of women who do. Like, you are a boa constrictor, don't you? But uh, growing up in Slidell, Louisiana, all the fucking meathead dudes loved Tupac, would be bumping Tupac from their fucking Toyota Tacomas, just like loved all the fucking, all the athletes, especially All Eyes on Me. When All Eyes on Me came out, every fucking baseball player, football player, fucking asshole, jocular motherfucker was like shouting his lyrics in the parking lot before and after school playing it. But it seemed like only, wow, big, only like, pot smoking fucking graffiti skateboard adjacent motherfuckers like me because all my friends wrote graph and skateboarded i sucked at both i was fucking terrible <laughs> at both what i was great at was rolling fucking marijuana vessels and cracking jokes so i would be the guy at the skate park or while everybody was bombing back at the car fucking smoking weed and fucking making jokes that was my part in our friendship but it seemed like we all liked biggie we all knew who Biggie was. They didn't seem to fucking know who Biggie was until I love it when you call me Big Pop till that song dropped. And then everybody knew who Biggie was. But even then, you still saw the meatheads were all about Tupac because he was the thug like. Uh, uh. And they all fucking, they were all white kids whose dads were dentists and shit, but they identified like, yo, man, thug life, bitch. And you're like, why? Why? Why thug life? What the fuck? What is it? You don't know what it's like for my hood? Like, yeah, you're right, because it's a gated subdivision. I can't get into your fucking hood. You know? <laughs> so, like, I kind of, like, that bias always rings in my head whenever the, the Tupac-Biggie argument comes up. Because I'm like, ah, I better go with Biggie. But I will acknowledge Tupac was fan-fucking-tastic. Like, they were on par. Yeah, I think it's a yeah. Coke-Pepsi situation. And I'm not just saying that because they're both black. <laughs> 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 so were you were you the designated blunt roller? Uh absolutely. And I was not very good at it, but uh <laughs> I got better at it. I the got first better. I got better at it. There's a bit you can watch if you go look me up on YouTube, look up this is not happening. There's uh there's there's three bits on there, there's three sets on there. Watch all three. I love them all. But the most recent one about uh I can't remember when it came out, but it was recently. That one's about the first time I ever rolled a blunt, and it was fucking bad news. <laughs> yeah. So the last quick question. Um, Do it. We, we added, but we forgot to put it on air. Uh, so I'll tell the person's answer after yours. Um, to, to give respect to the, to the queens of hip-hop also. Um, yeah, sure. Lauren or... Fuck, I forgot the other person. Lauren or Missy? Yeah. Okay, gonna go Lauren. Uh, Why? And I love Missy Elliott. I ah uh, fuck. You hating on the big girl because she lost weight? No. <laughs> <laughs> See, here's here's why. Because I like I like stylistically, I like Missy Elliott more. I, I like that she pushed yeah. fucking that she tried. Like she she went for like she separated herself from the pack. Yeah, yeah. But so, but so did Lauren. But I feel like Lauren was a little. I mean, like, dude, come on, Lauren. That that first solo album, Lauren Hill, yeah. um, incredible. It's Miss fucking amazing. Of Lauren Hill. Amazing, yeah. amazing. But um, yeah, that was 
That was like, it. No, she yeah. did the unplugged album. That was terrible. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Didn't Erica Badu had an unplugged album that was pretty good though, right? That was great. Yeah, yeah. But no, I mean, fuck, dude. Okay, I got, I got to. Okay, I'm gonna say Missy because I upon second, like Missy's still in it. She's still doing it. But like with with, but like that that fucking. I remember everybody got so weird when she was like, "I don't want white people listening to my music," and I was like, "Why? Why? Why do you care about this?" Of course, she fucking feels that way. She's a black woman growing up in fucking. I, in America, I, th- I think it's just how when when America really, really loves a black artist, and and it happened to her. No, no disrespect, but they they yeah. lose their shit. Look at yeah. James Brown. Look at Michael Jackson. Yeah. Look yeah, at yeah. Phil Lauren Hill. <laughs> like yeah, whenever yeah. like America, like what do you consider white America, really loves an artist, the black black community feels like they lose them. And then the artist loses it. They yeah, I mean, yeah, yes, yeah. that's very. That's a very factual thing. But like, I feel like you can draw a lot of comparisons between Jay Z, Missy Elliott, and Lauren Hill and Nas. Absolutely, you know, yeah, yeah. So yeah that, that's a good question. But yes, I, I'm gonna go with Missy on this one. Okay, yeah, Liz yeah, went a- with Lauren. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to ask her on air. Okay, yeah, I mean. That's what I'm saying, dude. Like Lauren Hill, fucking all due respect, fantastic. But yeah, like Missy, I just I appreciate the, you know, like we it's we've all heard it so many times. The like think about the like she I, did she did she or did she not create the fucking word badonkadonk? I think she did. I think she created badonkadonk. If she didn't create it, she definitely popularized. popularized. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she fucking pop, I mean, like yeah. a word you've probably heard like an eight-year-old say because it's like, oh, it's so funny when you say badonkadonk. It's like that's <laughs> Missy Elliott talking about her ass, talking about you know bouncing on a penis. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's you know, it, yeah. Anyway, yes, dude. Thank you. So I got one more to end it with. Do it. Um, Do it. So you know how uh, Tom Segura and uh, Burt Kreischer had the fucking dance battle, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you had to make a dance response to somebody, what would your song be? A dance response? Yeah, like if you're in like a like a battle with them. And who would it be? I would do... Wait, wait who would I get in a dance battle with? Yeah. I'd challenge Kyle Kinane. Um <laughs> Challenge Kinane, because he's going to come and dance to some fucking Bob Seger. Um, some shit. That's what he's going to dance to. I'm going to respond with a straight-up fucking full 20-minute river dance. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get in fucking shape. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do CrossFit for two weeks, and I'm just going to fucking <laughs> straight-up river dance. Be like Michael Flatley, Lord of the Dance. Yeah, just be like, you can't even fuck with me after this. <laughs> Like, no matter what you do, you will never top this video of me, Lord of the Dancing, it in your fucking face. You're just Lord of the Dancing, the juvenile? I mean, dude. <laughs> Think about and, and if And if you've never seen, if you have never seen the video for Ha, for Juvenile Ha. Yeah. Which I think a lot of people hadn't. Like, go look up that video, Juvenile Ha. Watch that fucking video. Understand okay. that that was at a time where every yeah. rapper was like, I'm dancing in front of a helicopter, throwing yes. root, throwing fucking yes. emeralds on myself, and you know uh, I, everybody's got a Maserati. Yeah. And juveniles was like, it looked like some fucking NYU student flew down and was like, "Hey, can I make your? Can I film?" It looks like it was shot on 16 millimeter 
And <laughs> the guy intended to submit it to a film festival. It's fucking beautiful. And at a time where no one was doing that shit. No one. Not yeah. just Southern rap. All rap videos were look at us in different types of vehicles with all this gold and platinum, et cetera. And he was like, look at life in the projects of New Orleans, the Magnolia housing projects. Uh, no, we got one Lamborghini and it ends up on fucking cinder blocks by the end of this video. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. Um, all right. I yeah. got to run. I got to bounce. I gotta, but guys, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. You want to plug Dude, yourself real you. quick? How people get in thank contact you. with you and everything? Thank oh, you yeah. So um, thank, no, of course, man. You guys are fucking great. Uh, follow me on Instagram at Mr. Sean Patton. And you can link to my website from there. Me, Sean Patton. I got tour dates coming up. I'm still doing it. All distanced, all safe and all that jazz. And let's fucking stay together until the world writes itself. You coming <laughs> to Connecticut too? Not sooner than later, but I'm not sure exactly when. But we'll make it happen when I do, my friends. Yeah, we'll Thank have you. to pop in and see you. Indeed. Yep. Definitely. Um, all right. Good night, gents. Later, bro. Thank Woo. you, brother. Of course, man. Thank you.